And everybody, Kyle Pulsiver. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty good at this board. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, what's up, everybody? Like I was mentioning, episode two of Wide Open with Chris Brandt and Kyle Pulsiver. Kyle, how now episode two of uh, this season? And it's 2021, almost 2022. It's flying, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, how mad are you that I pulled you away from the shop this morning to sit here and talk about snowmobiles? It's, uh, it's tough to leave. It is. She's but, a hard one to walk away from. Yeah, but dude, I told you. You freaking, you're up at like midnight last night working on sleds. I told you, knock that off. Well, one you know, one more leads to one more, and then eventually you just want to get one more done, and then you get one more done, then you get it clean, and then then you get the next project for tomorrow ready, and then it yeah, and, and then it's one o'clock. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, one of these days we're gonna have to like. Well, I think that's probably our next podcast topic, right? Is the one more? I mean, yeah. we have lots of one mores. We've talked about that one. Um, but we got to incorporate some photos for you guys watching on YouTube, some photos and videos. We got some pretty good ones there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Put that mic closer. Closer? Yeah. No? There, yeah, there you go. All right. So anyway, what we wanted to – the topic for today was going to be um, – because I, I was curious about this. And we talked – we did briefly chat about this, um, and I think, in our very last podcast last year, um, your experience at Jackson. But – um, we're going to expand it a little bit. Um, so, you know, growing up, I had aspirations of, I don't even know if that's a word, but aspirations of going to Jackson and climbing Jackson and, you know, watching, you know, Brett Rasmussen and, uh, David Shepard and Rick Ward and all of those guys that were just, you know, legends in the hill climb circuit, you know, just, and it's funny, it's it's just like what happens to us a lot. You know, you're watching it from your couch and you're like, why why aren't these guys making it? It doesn't even look that hard. It doesn't even look that steep. And then, you know, you go to the hill and you ride up the chairlift and, and that's when it hits it's you. Gnarly. It's icy, it's rocky, it's dirt, it's grass, it's ice, it's moguls this tall. People everywhere, yeah. flags everywhere. So I think I this will I think this will be a fun one. Um, I think anyone who has been to Jackson Hole, um, you guys have an appreciation. I think that's one level of it. I think uh, the next uh, level uh, of it is you know that feeling when when you're sitting at the starting line and know that you know the next minute and a half is. All that matters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all you get. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you know, and I think about. That's what I think about is, you know, I've, I've competed at Jackson. It's been quite a while and a bunch of people want me to go back and I, I'll be, I'll be honest. I, you know, I'm getting to the point where I think it would be something I would enjoy. I'll be honest. I didn't enjoy it when I was doing it and I didn't enjoy it because there was a lot of pressure and I wasn't prepared and when I enjoy pressure, like I love, you know, getting challenged to go do a line or at, when I was doing freestyle, I loved the challenge of, you know, going to go win a contest because I was prepared. I had practiced. My equipment was confident. good. I was confident. Right. Yeah. And so that's enjoyable. 
but where I struggled with Jackson was it literally, you know, I'm trying to run a business, trying to be a father, trying to be a husband, um, and you know, guiding and then just randomly throwing in, okay, let's go hill climb. And, you know, back then it was, I could get away with it and be somewhat competitive by literally just throwing some screws in a track and, you know, doing a couple little things to a sled. But it is so far from that now that, you know, from the the fitness program, the sled preparation, the practice, the everything, like, you know, to think about what all goes into it. And that's what I want to talk to you about. You know, you are living my world, right? You, I'm, I got you well, working seven days a week. Yeah. And- I mean, I planned on getting that sled done. And, like, having some time to practice. And I remember, like, the three weeks leading up to it, like, I had that sled sitting over in the corner, and I was trying to get to it, but other stuff was breaking. Other client sleds were showing up. We had more work to do on our sleds, and I never got to it. And then it's like, it was six days before I was supposed to be in Jackson. And I was like, I have to get the, I, I, had, I have to work on my sled. And then I had to drive all over the state of Colorado to come up with some parts, overnight in parts. I mean, uh, it was just to gather a sled and took a sled that I had 1,500 miles on stock and put a turbo on it with the help of some awesome people. And Eric at Vogue got me set up with an intercooler and a tune, and Polaris helped me with the turbo and made a sled that freaking ripped. Like, And then I put a track in it, and I'm – calling friends and people that I'd never like the cooler guards or whatever you want to call them inside the tunnel. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know what needed to be done. So I'm pestering people at 10 o'clock at night, asking them how to build this sled and what I need. And if what tethers are legal and what belt drives are legal, what clutching is legal. Like I had a whole other mess of rules that I had to deal with where we don't have any rules. But then I'm like, and then I didn't realize till like three days before the race, Andy was like, I was talking to Andy. I'm like, what do I need? He's like, do you have a chest protector? And I'm like, no. He's like, you need one of those. So I'm overnighting chest protectors and, I mean, just all kinds of stuff and trying to pack together parts in a trailer and get it all together and get, get up to – I went up and stayed with Andy for – I don't think – when did I leave? I left that weekend before and went up and stayed with Andy. But just getting everything together was – pretty overwhelming and then literally like i left here with a sled that i hadn't had tuned hadn't had running nothing bolted a bunch of parts on it loaded in the trailer went up and met voke and chase up there at alpine last minute and we took the sled out and it ripped so that that was the first relief but i mean still a long ways from the race so there's (laughs) and that's why that's why this is going to be a pretty fun podcast for me because you know i you're like literally describing my first three years of going to jackson oh, right and then i yeah dude, now hold on i i will set you up here <laughs> like okay so i there's some things i remember about this period of time last year where i'm watching you like overnight drivers <laughs> oh shit i need drivers i got a different track colin just asking a million i hate asking favors i'm calling everyone i know like pulling all of my resources i need like can you overnight me this can you overnight me that like i'm borrowing a track from you that i wrecked and then i'm (laughs) (laughs) like just borrowing a trailer from you like 
stealing parts from everywhere, piling them in the trailer, wondering if I'm, I didn't, you know what I forgot though? Uh-huh. A couple extra bulkheads. <laughs> yeah, because you ended up needing one. Two. So, so, two. So we'll get into that uh, too. So a couple, couple things I remember about that week was, um, you know, the the rear suspension goes through absolute hell, right? Yeah. And we live in a podunk town with not much, okay? Mm-mm. So, you know, you needed to do reinforcement gussets and all of this stuff. And yeah. So I couldn't get I, the right ones from Zonder. Yeah. So I actually cut the bottom shelf off my tool cart and welded Dude, the tool cart together. is still <laughs> sitting out there. So Blake, so Blake is our media dude. He's kicking butt this year. Blake, we've got a couple things that we need to implement into this video for the YouTube guys. Okay, so at ten minutes, we're gonna go get a picture of my rails, Kyle's rails, the tool cart that is now in the scrap yard <laughs> in the back that he that he had to cut apart. Um, we're gonna have to but the steel I bought at Tractor Supply to weld onto the. <laughs> torque arms and you bent that anyway <laughs> yeah um and then um uh, when we get a little bit further in the story we'll insert kyle's gopro clip of bulkhead number one yep that was a hit that <laughs> that was a hit i entertained everyone at the practice track i'm pretty sure i yard sailed so m- i showed up this is jumping ahead in the story but you want to talk about showing up and feeling like an idiot and it's just like like the first i remember luckily i had cody monroe was in pretty much same boat as me but he was borrowing a sled so he kind of cheated all he had to do was bring gear (laughs) he borrowed one of andy's built mod sleds and i remember we showed up and andy and his brothers were had a and this is andy thomas Thomas, had a gnarly course carved in and (laughs) we uh me and cody both go to hit this course and like we just yard sale both of us right away like in the second corner and we kind of turn around and we're trying to get our bars straight and get our visors back on. And we're sitting there looking at each other and we're like, and I'm just like, what did I get myself into? And Cody's like, we just need to slow it. We need to get up the course. We need to slow it. Cause we just f- flew off the course like five times in a row. And we're like, we just need to slow down and get up this thing. The speed will come. And I mean, from that first, it's hard. Cause I like, I kind of went, you go into things like, you know, you don't tell yourself you can't do it. And you go into it, and then you kind of get a little bit. When these guys, I mean, these guys do it for a living, and they're flying. But, I mean, it came together and ended up feeling pretty good about it going into the race. But it took a few days and a lot of broken parts. Okay, let's rewind because we jumped ahead. So oh, yeah. so you, you set us up pretty good. So it was we have all this all these goals of getting a sled prepped and ready and dialed. Yeah. And so none, none Double of snow, like. Yeah, I remember in the shop, like every step of the way, I'm like, I call, I'm like, oh shit, they all have long snow flaps. I call Andy, I'm like, what do I need for a snow flap? He's like, it's got to touch the ground, it's got to be doubled up. I'm like, what do you mean doubled up? It's got to be riveted to your other snow flap. And I'm like, well, that's silly, but okay. So like doing all of this stuff, and I mean, the skid was a a day's project. Getting I had or Carl's revalved them for me. The shocks, the shocks, yep. I the rail braces that I had to weld pieces onto. The rear wheels, I ran a little bit heavier rear wheel, not heavy enough. Um, the gussets I welded on the torque arms. The I plated the inside of my tunnel, the tunnel support, or the cooler guards. I got a last minute gas tank mm-hmm. from Alpine that Chase had. Um, I got had to drive over to Grand Mesa to get the turbo. 
And then I had to drive to Kremling to get the intercooler. <sighs> what else would it be? But we like have? you said, I mean, there the was. Drivers, I mean. And then I was like building spare drive shafts because I was worried I, I. They all run steel drive shafts. I couldn't get the right drivers for that. So I got them for aluminum shafts. So I built two drive shafts in case. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and just, this is three days before you're supposed to leave. This, I, yeah, I wanted to leave and I was just like building this thing and it took me. I mean, th- that day we guided, I got back and finally worked on my sled. The whole next day it took me to get this thing pieced together. And then I think, like, the next day I got got it finished up in the morning, went up to Volk. They chase, I mean, they dropped everything. And, I dial, like, they dropped everything, gave me some awesome clutching. And it was a little bit tricky because we were at 9,500 mm-hmm. feet. And I was going to be riding and racing at six, well, six thousand or whatever it is, fifty eight hundred or whatever, all the way to the top. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to dial that in a little bit, and we felt pretty good about the setup. And I mean, they it was awesome. And Chase brought me up the hill, and we went down into that little hole and that climb out up through them rocks. Mm -hmm. And that I remember Chase is like, "Oh yeah, see how it runs here." And I'm like, I turn. And went up this pole that I've gone at a hundred times on five different snowmobiles, and I've never made it out. And I'm on screws, 155 with a stiff rear shock, 155 though too, yeah. and lots of power. And I remember hit, going up and like where I was normally turning out, I was still doing like 60. <laughs> and I flew up the top of that, and I came down. I wanted to just hug Chase. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, we're good, man. Let's let's just go ride oh, okay. for a minute. Okay, we're set. <laughs> So, so uh, I, th- now, I mean, that was, we got done in the afternoon. By the time we got the sled up on the hill, tested it, it was good. I went and tried to get a bunch of Avgas in Kremlin because that was kind of the last town I'm familiar with. Pull in, the, the gate was open, so I pull in, <laughs> drive right over to the gas pump. This little freaking airport car comes ripping over to me. You can't be in here. I'm like, well, I just, I'm, I'm parked here. I got my cans out and my credit card's already swiped. Like, can I just fill up the cans? And no. So, I'm going up to Andy's, which I don't know. What is it? A 12-hour drive, 10-hour drive? 10, yeah. So, I drive through the night up to Andy's to test with him the next morning. And that, I mean, that was when I showed up on the hill and we had, what would that have been? That would have been Sunday in the race. Okay, so I needed to be in Jackson Thursday. On Thursday. Yeah. So, so let me stop you there for a second. So, it's it's interesting, right? You go from three days of, you know. Just scrambling. Scrambling, stress, like. What am I doing? All of this stuff. Then you get on the hill, praying everything works. This sled is an absolute monster. So it went from like a bunch of, I don't know, to uh, we've we got a chance here. Right? Yeah. I, I feel pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just so, I mean, from everything from like putting the gear on, like wearing a little bit different gear, having to yeah. wear a chest protector, like riding different sled, like. You're ditching the tunnel bags. You got to run, I mean, a little different setup. And, I mean, it's just, there's a lot of stuff to go that goes into just trying to, I mean, 
relatively do the same thing we do every day, but it's completely different. Different. So you've now spent about 42 minutes on this snowmobile. So yep. you're feeling pretty good. Yep. Um, <laughs> and now you make the 12 hour drive in a borrowed trailer with a bunch <laughs> of junk in there and like hoping you have enough. Right. And then, and then, so now you get up to, to Andy's on Sunday. Yep. Um, and we've got, you know, we're four days until we got to go over to Jackson and tell us how that, uh, tell us how that first day we kind of, teased about it but how'd that Man, first day we go? had so there was and and so tell us tell us who you got with you like me so the first day we had cody monroe um andy was there andy thomas and both of his brothers were there and it was good to have that many people it's i could see how it'd be really tough to go practice by yourself just because it takes a lot to break down a course like that and i mean we had a nasty course going that changed i mean if five guys are making laps and i think it's changing every lap and mm -hmm. it was really good and it was icy. It was. It had been super warm there, and it was super icy in the morning. And it it's a lot different snow than what we ride. Them, I mean, them edges of them trench walls and the edges of them bumps and stuff. I mean, they affect you a lot different. When a ski stands up on one of them, mm -hmm. it's a lot different than what a ski stands up on here. Like, so there's a lot. There's a little bit more finesse and tiptoeing mm -hmm. going on that I found. Um, I just I just started chuckling because you're talking about the ice and stuff and we're getting to this part of the story but when you went and free rode with Keith oh, I totally forgot about that I know we're getting there see that's why I knew this was going to be a fun one this, for you yeah <laughs> okay so you pound in the course you've got these guys who do this for like this is what they do yeah right they have sleds Clearly. set up they train like and so now you're kind of jumping in both feet but no, head first, okay. not both feet. Okay. <laughs> head first, yeah. Uh, head first in, and like I said, the first, the first hour, I was a mess, just trying to go way, way too, too fast. fast. Yeah, it's like it, there's a lot. I mean, the snowmobiles way like way fast. I'm at 6,500 feet. There's a shitload of power. Lots of traction. The course with screws. Never was that screws. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. amazing. Yep. Tons of traction. I got a, a funny story about. <laughs> screws and uh, anyway a 155 that i don't normally ride and it it is different it turns quick and i mean i i liked it i was happy with with my setup and i mean the first day went went good and i didn't shut my sled off like mm -hmm. i was how many brake pads did you go through <laughs> that's another topic isn't it <laughs> so i andy's dad was there which was awesome he was buzzing sleds up and down the hill for us and he brought up some gas and brought up oil and every everything we needed and he was I was kind of using him as a little bit of a mentor mm -hmm. and he was just laughing at me the whole time. Shocking. <laughs> and it started, I'd say by the end of the day, I was like, finally like, okay, I can, this is where, this is going to work. And, um, <laughs> the next day we go back up there. This okay. Is, so that was, did you ride on Sunday or was it Monday? It would have been Sunday. Okay. Sunday. That would have been Sunday. So the first day went good and I didn't, I didn't break anything. We didn't have to go. Well, now, now that's leading into this day, and this day didn't go very good. No, this is so. Now we're here. We're on it's Monday, second day. It's Mon crunch time. Well, I so anyway, I get to go back. Andy, I mean Andy's awesome. He's got a shop in town. He's got a house there, and me and Cody went and crashed at his house. I mean, his girlfriend cooked for. I mean, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Awesome place to stay. Um, next morning we get up, and I'm like. Ugh. I'm a little oh, sore. A little more sore than normal. Like, it's like, it's brute. Like, holding on to that sled and, like, you're purposely just pounding bump. Like, it's it's a lot different. It's a different animal. I mean, it got loosened up and we went back up the hill. 
And that course that we made from the day before was ice. Ice. Oh. And it was good. I mean, it was even more finesse. And it was and then we started Andy started making He's like, we need to make a new course and cross this course a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, yeah, I'm totally along. I'm just, I'm listening to everything I can possibly listen to, watch, see, doing, trying to just do what he's doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, there was some really fun little like when we were crossing the course, jumping it. But then you'd come the next time and be blown out, and you'd you'd just have to be, you'd have to look really far ahead, but like have a cross eye down a little bit <laughs> for some of them smaller bumps, and. I came around this one corner that was, I mean, it was banked right into some little shrubby trees in a big trench, and you could come into it, I mean, really fast. And you'd put that bottom ski down in that trench and, I mean, rail around that thing, and they'd come out, and you'd come into a wheelie, and there was, like, three bumps and a little jump where you'd jump the course from the day before. Mm -hmm. And I came around that corner, and, I mean, it's not like a corner that you come into, so you kind of just carry speed through it. You're not wide open but yeah. you're carrying a lot of speed and i came around it and that ski stood up it hit a bump and stood up on the inside of that track and it was enough it pitched the sled straight Great. hard right and it flattened the sled out on me and i mean it jumped i was off the i was off the snow it might not have been much but i was off the snow and there's a tree like an 80 footer this big dude it's hold on right here you have some small arms it was like <laughs> this big it like was that huge. gopro video it was one of those ones you watch and i was just like oh everybody, <laughs> yeah everybody of course is taking a break sitting there watching me come around this corner I'm like oh i'm gonna rail this thing this time i come around hit that bump with that inside ski stand that ski up and it flops the sled straight out like this and it's that tree and i'm wrong foot forward uh-huh. on this side of the sled and that it crotched it right inside the ski. Yeah, both a arms or like it. So anyway, I was wrong foot forward. I was on the tree side, and luckily I hit the tree so hard, and my leg got hung up so good on the handlebars <laughs> that it flipped me over the other side of the sled, like somersaulted me. And I landed on the other side of the sled. I dumped an eighty-foot tree. I dumped all the snow off it. Dude, I saw it. I'm like impressive. You <laughs> almost just died. So Blake, twenty-three minutes. We'll be inserting. Uh, Kyle's <laughs> death. Uh, well, yeah. GoPro. So everybody comes down, and I'm just they're like, "You all right? You all right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And th- and they're like, "No, like, because I mean, I hit it hard." <laughs> and they're like, "Are you all right?" And I'm like, and I'm like checking out. I'm like, "Oh God, what? Don't tell me the bulkhead. Don't tell me the bulkhead." And I'm like, "Oh God, my leg hurts. Oh, my shoulder kind of hurts." And I'm like, "Oh, my face really gonna hurt." <laughs> so. I, I don't know, I go over to the side. I'm like, oh yeah, both a arms. That's all right. That's all right. The shock's fine. Good, because I don't have any more revalve shocks. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, the shock's all right. Both a arms. I'm like, oh shit, the bulkhead. So it kinked the backside of the bulkhead in, and by now it was probably like four o'clock, and we had had a good day at test. Like that day actually went well for me for the most part. Like I was able to get up and down the course like consistently, and it was it was fun. I mean, I was having a blast with it. Uh-huh. And anyway, I'm like, so I get back down. I'm like, I got to go down the phone signal. I get going down the hill, and like, I get down, and I'm like, saying Skinner mm-hmm. is right by Andy. I'm like, saying you got any bulkheads or, like, junk sleds laying around that you have a ruined tunnel on or something? He's like, no, sorry, man. And so Sam's like, like, no, I haven't ridden yet this year. So. <laughs> no, because I'm just giving Sam some crap because – the number of bulkhead tunnels that I still have in the backyard from saying <laughs> is pretty impressive. <laughs> so, I mean, I text Dan 
Adam's up in Alpine. I'm like, Dan, you got you got a tunnel ball cad laying around or a right side ball of their ball cad laying around? And he's like, No, I'll ask a couple people. And like, I'm I don't know who else. This Andy is had four, a bunch of buddies. Four o'clock on Monday. You got to be in Jackson on Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I uh, te- Andy's texting buddies, and he's got uh. <laughs> He knows the owner of the dealership literally across the street from his house. And he called him and he was like, and by now it's like six, seven o'clock at night. He calls him and he's like, Hey, you got a bulkhead or do you have anything laying around? He's like, yeah, but it's pretty mangled. And we're like, is the right side of the bulkhead good? And he's like, I think so. Meet me in there tomorrow morning at seven. I'm like, okay, well that's about my only chance. Otherwise I was, I texted Darren too uh-huh. from players. So I'm like, Hey man, I might need a ball. <laughs> I cad, might need a spare snow. A ball cad overnighted. If by chance that is a possibility. And he's like, he's like, seriously. <laughs> so I, damn it, Cap. I know. So I go, I go, we go over to the dealership in the morning and not like my leg was I smoked them handlebars hard. With now, my hold on. Let me stop one thing. So I text you. I, I was text. I was, I was checking <laughs> on my buddy every night. Like, how'd it go today? First day, you know, same thing. Like, ah, man, it, it's, it's getting better. And then the second, second day, so the day you wrecked, I said, how'd it go? And you didn't say anything. You just sent me that video. <laughs> and I'm like, are you alive? <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is all going very <laughs> to plan. Oh God. Okay, so sorry. So, so now we're we're on. We're at the de- Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning okay. at the dealership, and I uh, <laughs> Buck, we get in there, and I'm like, and I see the bulkhead, and the right the right side's good. I'm like, sweet. Go back to the trailer. Um, and I I I pull my I pull everything. I mean, everything off the right side of the snowmobile. I mean. Motor mounts, tur- turbos on that side. Everything's on that side. <sighs> heating up all the glue, heating up all the glue, and I actually pulled the steering parts. Everything has to come off. I pulled the bulkhead right out from underneath the snowmobile. Everything else propped up on like a board that I found outside uh-huh. in the trailer, working in the slush. And get- <laughs> then I have that tunnel bulkhead there. I have to heat that all up outside and pull that half of the bulkhead off. Stick it on my snowmobile. Bolt it all back together, and. <laughs> Andy comes out and it's like it's probably like nine thirty now and he comes out and I'm like just riveting on my like my plastics back on mm-hmm. and he brought me out a plate of waffles <laughs> and he's like are you serious I'm like yeah he's like I'm like you ready to go ride and he's like damn dude let's go ride I guess so that's what happened last night I went to go cookie pizza <laughs> I come out three sleds are done I'm like good <laughs> lord dude it's been seventeen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, so it, we go, we do the same thing. And to that day, it's Tuesday now. And we go up the hill and Keith Curtis and Luke Rainey. And the players guys are here. This not, day. they no. were, they were coming for Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Okay. But they were there. They were in town hanging out. I think we played cards that night before. Oh, two, four, huh? Yeah. We played some cards, did a little, we still, I <laughs> Our business isn't done with the with Team Darren's from Polaris. We got we got some business to finish yet, but uh, that's another <laughs> another podcast. <laughs> but anyway, we so we got the so we got, got a new ball cad. Yeah, a new ball cad. We got Luke. Yep. We got Keith, and I think that's all that was there. So uh, Thomas boys. Yep. Uh, Cody's still with you. Yep. Okay, and now we got uh, Luke and. 
Keith. Keith. So I got even more people to watch try to figure out how to do this. Yeah, cool. And we carved out another course that day, and, I mean, it got super nasty right away. There was rocks in it. There was junk in it. There was, like, this sweeper at the top that you literally hit at, like, 70 miles an hour, and there was a road that you'd jump. And I honestly, you'd probably go, I mean, 80 feet off. You'd be this far off it, but, like, hitting a road full boost, like, you'd just fly off this road going up this hill. And it was it was super fun. And I'm like, we tested that day probably only till like three o'clock. And well, oh, that kind of brings me back to my brake thing. I'm really hard on brakes. Really? This is so. This is day three of testing. This is my third brake rotor and third set of brake pads. And I'm good for. I'm like making these laps. I'd do like I think I could do five laps on good brake fluid. By the end of the day, no. So I was I was bleeding brake fluid, new brake fluid every day. Anyway, now people will probably ask laps. why why are so why why is that? There's just so much power, there's these all these bumps and you're just you're constantly like I mean when you hit a bump, you don't want to get off the gas, but you're setting that front end back down over it or if you're I mean you're if you're wheeling a little bit, there's times where you'll just I mean you'll tap that brake like there's just you're constantly on the brake. And part of it probably is too you're honestly probably dragging that brake mm-hmm. a little bit just the way you're holding on and it's something we kind of struggle with right yeah. in here too. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it, so I'm, I'm making laps and those the fluid and breaks and yeah. Keith and Luke are like, dude, slow, stop. Ah. Just take a break. Cause they're like, they'd go down, they'd take a break and I just keep going. I'd go until I'm like, I go to turn around, come downhill and I'm like this coming down the hill. Cause, Cause I'm just, no I have no breaks. breaks. And they're like, dude, just take a break. And I'm like, I got eight and a half gallons of fuel. I'm burning every gallon of this. <laughs> and so I, we make laps, and it was super fun getting to ride with, I mean, Keith, obviously, top of the game guys. Just, I mean, Andy, Luke, Keith, all of them. I mean, they're just. What is it like, uh, you know, Kyle? I, I, I would, you know, in the backcountry, um, you know, we feel very confident, and we're at the yeah. top of our game. And then you come into their world well, where, where the, they are, right? That's Yeah, like riding in the backcountry with those guys is like, I don't, I mean, I look up to those guys, so I wouldn't say it's not intimidating, but you feel, I mean, confident and you you feel like, I mean, you're there to, I mean, you're there to play Mm -hmm. and then going to like their world and this hill climb that, I mean, they're, I mean, they're as good as it gets at it. And it's just, it's, it's really humbling just like watching how, how they approach things and how like. You see, it kind of all comes together. The way you, their styles are a little bit different in the backcountry, and it all kind of starts to make sense when you see it on a course. It's like, oh, that's this makes more sense. You see that two foot on the running boards, and I found myself like not comfortable with it at all mm-hmm. at the beginning. I could not like there were certain yeah. corners I'd see Keith. Keith does it a lot, and I mean he's just giant. Like he's got six foot arms, six foot legs, and he can get so far in front of that sled and put so much ski weight on that sled. To make some, it turn. To make it turn. Mm-hmm. And just watching him the way that that, that two-foot thing was something I was working on because I'd see Andy do it. I think Keith does it more than Andy, but mm-hmm. seeing them in certain corners go two-footed and the bumps that you can hit and the speed you can carry with that two-foot maneuver. But it's still – I don't feel the control there as much, and it started to get to me more towards like this was my third or fourth day testing now. And that, that control in that position, it's just a little bit weird. My arms – 
I just wouldn't say you can hold on as well with the arms. It kind of you're at a balance point where if you hit a bump hard you're, or get on the yeah. brakes, it's going to push you forward mm-hmm. and twist you off the sled. Where you're needing it to go right because yeah. you're at a vulnerable point. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it there's fast points to it. And like I found one corner, we had one corner, a tight corner up towards the top of the course where there was like this tight. You'd come in fast, kind of out of a long side hill, and you'd turn sharp, and there was a big bump. And like I'd come around that thing, wrong foot forward, and I'd have to get to neutral to hit that bump where if I was two foot on the running boards, I could get my butt over that seat and I could still hit that bump wide open and, and jump it straight. Where if you're wrong foot forward, I mean, you're, there was a couple times where I came around, hit that bump wrong foot forward. And I mean, I, my feet, you get <laughs> that off. Yeah. You yeah. get kicked up. Mm-hmm. And so there were, it was cool. I mean, watching those guys ride and it was super fun. And the last ones like Andy went down and Luke went down and everybody was down the hill kind of over it. And me and Keith were still up there. And I mean, Keith's just like us. It's like we're squirrel, like (laughs) squirrel. Like, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. We're we're snowmobilers. I mean, no matter what, and we're on these, he had a practice sled. I'm on my race sled, my one and only sled (laughs) that needs to go to Jackson. Like, and we're on our, we're like, this is probably, this is better than Jack's. This is, this was my favorite part of the story was this. Cause <laughs> yeah. I'm just like visioning me being there, like shaking my head saying, you guys are effing idiots. Oh, but it I'm was coming. dumb. It was so dumb. <laughs> we go, we're going down the trail and it's like 8,000 feet and it's, they've had really strong spring conditions. It's, it's saturated. The creeks are open. The willows are opening up mm-hmm. the pockets in the snow. The rocks are starting to show. It's junk. It was pretty good, <laughs> but we co- we're coming down the trail. We're down from like 8,000 feet. We come down probably, we're down close to the parking lot, like probably 6,800 feet, 7,000 feet. And <laughs> Keith's like, he's so casual. Like there's pretty monotone with him. You know what I mean? He pulls over on the trail. He's like, you want to go for a rip? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I like, everything in my head, like, of course, everything in my body wants to. And everything in my head is like, I'm like the the smart person in me and like the maturity side would say that's a terrible idea for one chance of like I mean it's gnarly like we're looking across this we got to get across this creek and we're looking at this like shelfy pillow zone like where like you you have these options I mean it's constant switchbacks to gain these shelves and like I mean one if you ditch that sled like it's going to drop off like I mean four different 40 foot drops like down this thing and it's logs and it it's no no it's a no fall zone your and sled is yelling at you. Please don't. Was, Your body is saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ready." Your <laughs> mind is saying, "Just pretend you didn't hear Keith ask that question and just keep going." <laughs> yeah, but so anyway, I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> so he turns up it, and he goes, and it it was kind of like a little spine like this on there, and the pillows here, and we got up in these logs, got got way up high, and he kind of and what's the snow like boost. down there? And he was on a stalker. It's was it was it slippery or was it okay? It was soft snow. It was I mean spring snow where it was hard and probably six inches had softened up. Mm-hmm. And but probably about six inches. Had when softened you up. when so, you were looking at it, were you thinking about? I think we can get up, but coming down might oh be. Oh God, yeah. I mean, coming down <laughs> is gonna suck. But like, I mean, I got boost. And there, there's a ton of like bumps, so it's like them ones you want to like wheelie into and just kind of mm-hmm. you want to pick a straight line that, or you got to do a lot of zigzagging. And Keith is on a stalker and he did, he started zigzagging and I f- saw a freaking line 
and there was logs and a, and a, like some bumps in it and I got over the main shelf where he turned and I got over the main shelf you and went I straight. went up and up and up and it's that snow where when you lock oh, up the brake dude. it packs the track and yeah. you just go faster uh-huh anyway I get up to a pretty sweet point and I just turn out and I just stop on edge and then Keith comes up and he Keith comes up to me and he's like dude that was sick and from there, it wouldn't have been a big deal going down. I mean, it would have been a little, I mean, it would have been fast, but there was plenty of points to zigzag. And he's like, we should, he's like, I think we could get up there. And we're looking up and there's some rock croppings up above us. And it's kind of where the trees are starting. It was so steep down there. It was just, there was, it was like a, it must've been a boulder field or something. Mm-hmm. And we're looking around the corner and he's like, I think we get around that. And it was the same thing. It was one of them. We came around that little spine and I could tell it got slippery, but it was like, no, no to the left mm-hmm. and we came around that corner and there was one of them alleyways kind of to heaven there and we come around that corner and there's an alleyway and keith went up and i come around that corner and it's not like it's snow that like even if you if you couldn't stop on it because if you stopped it would just elevate around you yeah so like you have to maintain momentum if you stop because you have to pull it further on edge you're just going to slide down the hill so we come around that corner shoot up to the top and keith comes up and he turns like this and stops on edge and I, I'm like right behind him and I come in and I come right above him and I stop and I got that spindle to dig, luckily to punch through that snow. My spindle punched through the snow and my track washed a little bit. So I'm a little bit nose high and he's like, man, this snow got slippery because we just <laughs> got around that little aspect. And he, and he's like, we, we, he's like, let's head down. And now, I mean, we've got to be, we had to gain, I mean, a thousand feet, 1500 feet. And he goes to like, I mean, drop that front end mm-hmm. and take off, and that sled he pins it, and it's so hung up on that running board. The oh, snow is so hard. He pins it, it and has to out. let that sled yep. go all the way to here. And I've never, I mean, Keith is like one of the, be- I mean, he's one of the best riders in the world. And like watching that, like <laughs> him, I mean, it was so close, and he went down. F- flying through these trees locked up brakes like this he had to he was gonna get high sided so he had to pin it and it's this moment where you are like should i bail or do i stay yeah and he had to stay because of what the consequences were. yeah Yeah. had to stay at it and luckily that's like that's my palms are sweating hearing this story he found the perfect little trees to slow him down and he got down through this really clean area and it was like where if the first guy held the brakes down it it cleaned off that slush to just straight ice i got a story about that (laughs) a-holes anyway go ahead (laughs) yeah you remember that oh yeah that's the last time i've ever riding with you guys again (laughs) i almost died i I was helicoptering above my snowmobile my body oh my god Uh, anyway another story (laughs) well so i go and i because my skis stood up a little bit in the snow which was good that's what stopped me but I go you're and I, washed out. I washed out a little right? bit. So you're got, you're you're set up for the exact same scenario, unfortunately, Keith that Keith had. Yeah. So I go, I kick out my front ski, trying to make like a path for that <laughs> ski to drop down. And into. normally you would just have pinned it and oh, just yeah. died. But yeah. so good, right? <laughs> you need to pull that front end down a little bit to get going. Well, so I kicked the ski out and I didn't dare move the sled because like the front end of the sled because that mm-hmm. luck, that spindle or that ski was sitting on a ledge and if it would have fallen below that ledge, it would have been okay. sliding. Yep. So Keith's 200 yards below me. He gathered it up, got back on left edge. I'm sitting up there, and he's like, I don't know what he said. Something like, something like you're going to die. Yeah, that was Harry. He stopped. He wouldn't stop unless he was like, this guy's probably going to die up there. <laughs> so he stops, and he's watching me, and I kick out that ski. I go to the back, and I pull the back end up the hill. Yeah. 
And, and it's on edge still. Yep. On freaking Mount Everest cliff here. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I go to go take to off. Go. It does the same thing yeah. to me. But I could, it wouldn't even, it hung up so hard on that running board. It didn't take off until it was all the way like this. And I got it. I, so I jumped all the way across the sled, go to get it on left edge. I go into this elevator. I'm not, I've got the sled fully pitched and I'm butt in the snow. Like I'm as far back on that sled, holding that sled as I can. Yeah. And I drop all the way down and I hit it. So, it like a, so you're sliding down left elevator. I'm full yeah. counter steer. Mm-hmm. I'm laying on my back. I mean, this hill is straight up and down. I'm elevatoring wide open. I mean, I'm doing Fast. honestly 20 miles an hour maybe. <laughs> and I'm just bouncing across these old tracks. And I'm, there's these little trees down below me. And one of them trees caught that ski. And it freaking high-sided me so hard. Like, I, you know what it is. Like, I jumped the sled because my foot's done the running board. I jumped the sled, ditched the bars, and I'm, like, looking down like this. And, I mean, yeah. you know what it's like when you high-side on a hill that's like this. You feel like you're 30 feet off yeah. the ground. And I had land feet first, pogo stick into the ice, and I'm just like... Looking behind me, and luckily that sled hung oh, up in them trees. It was going to be coming and Keith for Keith is just like, he's like... <laughs> he comes up. He's like, "You couldn't have paid." I don't know. What he said something like, "You couldn't have paid me to ride that sled out there." Or something. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I was not in a good spot." And I'm like, "It went pretty good for how bad it went, really." Uh, so, man. anyway, he comes up and helps me. We get out of the tree, and it—I mean, it was still both of us dragging on the sled to get it down around a couple more trees. And we get down there, and we're still instead of being 1,500 feet above the trail, we're like. 1495 now yeah yeah <laughs> and we go so we pick our way back down and we get back around that corner and then that made that seem a lot better and we played around there a little bit and we make it back down to the trucks or we go back down the hill and back out to the trucks and i'm just like on the way home i mean i'm pumped and it was fun but i was just like god you idiot you could have just totally ruined everything you had like losing that sled or getting hurt up there Somewhere that just was kind of pointless to do, but it was, I mean, I don't regret it. So, yeah, but so that was, it's wh- funny as you're, as you're telling that story, I, you know, I've, we have ridden that terrain and I know the terrain. So this is, uh, Alpine area. I'm assuming, right? Alpine. Or, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Star it's Valley it's there, all, yeah. it's all just the same. It's like an incredibly cool, steep as it gets. And the, features the features the are all oh, it's yep. it's like one of our favorite places to ride and when the snow is good i love it when the snow is like you it i mean i've told i think i've told that story but it was you know it was so uncomfortable that it wasn't fun like at that point where i had four guys in front of me they took all the snow i literally i literally and this is i i went into something knowing that i was going to crash like (laughs) there was there was no way that i could save it but i had no option what was i gonna do like walk down and leave my snowmobile yeah i mean i i was sitting there saying this is gonna be bad and i just went down it anyway (laughs) (laughs) it was a tight gully with shrubs, hard, big shrubby trees like on the right, like 12, 14 footers. To the left, it, the train didn't let you go left. It didn't. It, nope. was too, it just wouldn't let you go left. It was too steep. You couldn't get over there. You had to come in on two skis, slide in that track, come down. And luckily, everybody was able to stay left of this big tree. And because so many people had gone down it, that berm just kept getting blown out farther to that tree. I came down one before you. Yeah. 
And, and you, I got so yeah. I was coming down sliding, and I couldn't stay left. So I literally turned right and plowed through. I mean, countless trees like <laughs> this big, like just plowed them down. And then a little I'm warning like, would have been nice, Pulsifer. I'm still sliding like this, trying to stop. And I'm looking over my shoulder, and I see Chris come down it. And now there's no option right. There's no option like the left line. It didn't put you there. So you t- you came down, and yeah, that was the gnarliest crash I've ever seen you. I mean, that ski crotched that tree, oh, and dude. you f- – I don't know what type of distance you got over them bars, but, I mean, it was impressive. Dude, everyone down there thought I was dead. Everyone down there – like, it's usually somewhat funny when somebody hits a tree or, like, something <laughs> like that happens, but everybody was like, oh, no, and, like, everybody starts their sleds and comes running back up there, but <laughs> – yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah. So as you're telling that story, all I'm thinking about was, is like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, when that snow is like that, that you, when you can't get the front end down and that back end is washing, it wants to high side you. But then, and you, the last thing you want to do is to give it gas to go faster down something that you're going to be out of control, but you have to. It's such a intense moment there. And, um, and it's where, like you know, you get put into this very uncomfortable spot and no matter if you fail or win on that, it's going to gain you experience. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's funny, we're 45 minutes into this podcast. We haven't even got to Jackson yet, uh, which is kind of fun. Right. (laughs) Um, but you know, so that, and that's, that's my point. Like you, you got down to the truck, you said, boy, that was stupid, but I'll, I promise you, you will never forget that line. You will never forget what you did right, what you did wrong, what you could have done different, yeah. and how you gained another confidence in yourself and your ability there. Yeah, and I mean, just getting comfortable with that, that with sled. With dying, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's something... I mean, it might sound a little weird and psycho, but there, the feeling of not being... I mean, the feeling of being comfortable, being uncomfortable, or like that that feeling is just... I mean, on the snowmobile, there's nothing like it. Yeah. As far like being in that type of terrain, that with that type of consequence, but yet with confidence, like you know, you have all the skills and the tools to execute it, but you just know how bad it could go. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, one mistake, like where I mean, there's a lot of terrain out there that you can ride where I mean, one mistake is you're stuck or just up against a tree. But like being in that type of terrain, one mistake, it just kind of changes the changes the whole dynamic of what you're doing. And I think that's what's really fun, and we'll need to get back onto the on topic here. But I think you're describing exactly what when we are up in what we love to call Narville, and we go do a line, and someone says, "Dude, what if you wouldn't have made it right there?" Don't and even I look at it, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that would have been bad." Don't but even see it. I yeah. I have it's a side hill essentially, mm-hmm. right? It's a side hill, and yeah, you can't not make it, but it's what we practice and what we strive to be good at so mm-hmm. okay so let's back to it back, so, back to it so we're well, actually oh god this was the night i get back to the trailer and i work on a lot of sleds and i can kind of know some sounds and some <laughs> hints right so i shut the sled off when i get back to the trailer oh, like oh yeah. dude look at this thing it's in one piece i can't believe it i'm gonna go eat a steak tonight get a good night's rest wake up in the morning and we were doing a test and tune all the players guys were coming to Afton there. We were going to go up and do a test and tune, make sure everything's good, data log sleds. It's a little bit, it's kind of the exact elevation of Jackson, which we had been riding a little bit higher. <laughs> and I shut my sled off and I hear the turbo. <laughs> and 
I'm just I've like, never heard that before. Oh, God. I start it. I shut it off again. You could hear the... And I'm like, oh, no. The wheels. Pull the intake the side compressor. off of the turbo, and my wheels hitting the compressor. And I've had this happen before, and I'm like, oh, no. So you lost a ba- you lost the bearing. Bearing on the, on the turbo is done for. Yep. So now, same thing. I'm like, hey, saying you've got any center sections laying around by chance of a turbo. He's like, no, sorry, man. He's like, Dan would be your best bet for boondocker stuff. And I'm like, Dan, buddy, for the third time in two days, I need help again. <laughs> do, you, do, you have a, do you have a center section for a boondocker turbo laying around? He's like, no, man. He's like, call Stephen up in Idaho Falls. So I call Stephen, and he's like, yep, be up here tomorrow, 7 a.m. He's like, we'll, we'll get your turbo rebuilt. Did you get your steak? No, I'm tearing my sled apart. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I had to tear every, every, my whole turbo kit off. I had to tear the center. I, I mean, I tore it. He's like, just t- he's like, bring me the center section. We'll build, rebuild it in the morning. Just, so I got to disassemble. Yeah. I took in, or hot blower housing off, took all the housings off, took coolant lines off it, everything. So I bring, I get in my truck, and I have a, uh, I be there at 7. It was like a three-and-a-half-hour drive or something. So get up early, drive up to Idaho Falls, and there – they rebuild my turbo, give me a couple T-shirts, tell me good luck, and I'm like, thank you. So I fly back down. I get back down. Andy was bugging me. He's like, he's like, hey, when are you going to be back? He's like, we're just going up to for testing tune. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be behind you a little bit. So I get back, get in the trailer, throw this thing together, hook up the trailer, and then I drive back down to Afton to meet them guys. And, I mean, the turbo, that's what's, like, I was so pumped on the side. Now I'm just like, I hate variables, especially this late. Yeah, like switching things. Like I knew what had worked. I mean, I probably put, to put two or three hundred miles on it mm-hmm. testing, and I'm like, I just I knew what worked. Everything was happy, and luckily the sled still ran really good. Them new turbos are a little bit tighter. Tight. Yeah. So I mean, my bottom end was a little bit different, but sled still ran really good. <sighs> Go. We, me and Andy, carve out a little track, and then like Keith's giving me pointers too over on like this little like. Kind of, and it was something I wish I would have practiced more. Keith had this little, like, it was a section of the trail there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, a, but it was like a single track and a half wide. It wasn't like a two ski mark. It was a little bit wider, and it was just a bumpy, flatter trail with just kind of slight more slight corners in it, kind of like the bottom of Jackson. Mm-hmm. That I didn't, I never practiced that much, and I should have. And I, so I was making a bunch of laps on that course and making laps on the other one. Throw a data logger on the sled. The sled's really happy. Everything's running good. Pull back in, park the sled. I'm in the player's trailer. I think I was helping. Now I was helping because Keith has five sleds. Mm-hmm. And I have one. So I was like, <laughs> Keith's got five sleds, and I'm helping him. I'm running some sleds back and forth to his trailer for him, switching some clutch and helping him out. And I go walking back out to my sled, and I'm like, oh, no. Track's ripped. <laughs> Track's ripped all Wait, the way. Wait, whose track is ripped? Yours. <laughs> my bar- The borrowed track. The track that I borrowed is ripped. <laughs> Boy, if that track could tell stories too. So that was the track off of my X Games Hillcross sled. <laughs> yeah. So that thing had already been through a hell hellacious life, and then it didn't know what happened when Pulsifer got behind uh, it. With a ton of horsepower and rocks and yeah. junk, and so I got a rip track, and I'm like, I go back in the players' trailer, and I'm like, Darren, <laughs> come look at my track, and he's like, and I was like, I talked to a couple other people, and Andy was like, he's like. It, I mean, it would probably hold together, but like if one lo- if one comes one, undone, it starts done. slapping. Yeah. I mean, so I, uh, I'm like, oh, not again, Dan. <laughs> Dan, what do you got for tracks, man? <laughs> and I had my extroverts and my anti-stab set up for uh, 
3-0 pitch. So he's like, he's like, and all those guys were running uh, a Camzo track in a different pitch. So nobody had a, so anyway, I got a 3-0 pitch. I'm like, Dan, do you have a 3-inch 155? Because that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. I needed a 3-inch pitch track. And he's like, no, I don't. Sorry, dude. So I call, or then I text saying again. I'm like, hey, you got a 3-0 pitch. You got anything 3-0 pitch 155? I can't believe these guys keep answering <laughs> They're your still call. Answering, and Sane's just like laughing face. He's like, he's like he knows the program. And so I, I go down the list again. Andy calls people he knows. We call. Then I just start hopping on players, dealers stuff, and I hop on like Facebook Marketplace, yeah. and I'm like looking for a track. And this Andy's is Wednesday, like, dude. And Andy's like, he's like looking at. We're like, Andy's like, ah, oh, he's like, one of my buddies has his sled in my shop, and I think it's a three zero pitch. So he ran back there. It's not a three zero pitch, mm-hmm. and we were gonna just take his buddy's track off and start cutting <laughs> it and screwing it. So I'm like, Darren, I couldn't find a track. He's like, okay, I'll get you one. So he has this person he knows in Jackson. So the next day is we need to be in next day we need to be yeah, in Jackson. Yeah, it's Thursday. Yeah, it's, it's it's race day. It's roll trailers roll in time. Yeah, trailers roll in time. So I'm like, I gotta rip track and I'm like, oh my sled runs good, I guess I'm gonna park it. So I parked the sled and Darren's like Darren's like, I'll get you track. I'm like, How are you gonna do that? He's like, Oh overnight one. So he's like, Phone's Rosso. Hey, throw a track on a plane, need it in Jackson Hole tomorrow morning. And I'm just like, Oh god, what is this? <laughs> I'm not to sell my truck. Uh. Like, <laughs> I'm like, so this is the day before the race. Now I need a track. So thank God this track shows up. He ordered it to just some business in town. Oh and I go to this guy's business, and um, he's luckily it was there. So I run back to the trailer and run back to the trailer. And I, I'd never cut a track before. And I'm like asking these guys, I'm like, how do you do it? So, and no one brings their track. They bring tracks. And I could have borrowed a track from somebody, but nobody had a spare drive shaft. So I could have borrowed it because people bring spare tracks. Yeah. But I, I had a 3-0 pitch, and everybody else was running three fives or two eight six pitch tracks, or the two four. What was the two four? That's a two five two. Now we know. See, that's a two five two, and that's yeah. what everybody was running. Mm-hmm. On the turbo sled, some people. Justin was the only one that ran a three zero pitch. Okay. And I just I couldn't come up with a drive shaft, so now I'm like I don't have the right screws. Andy was like, "Dude, those screws don't work. They were too fine thread." He's like, "You need the core thread." He's like, "You'll throw one of them through a cooler." I'm like, "Oh God!" So now I'm like asking favors. I'm asking Sam, Peterson, and Toby. And I'm like, you guys got any? He's got any extra screws? And Andy was like, Andy was the one actually making laps for screws. And he comes back with three different bags of screws from three different people, razor blades. So I'm in the trailer, and my dad and brother were actually there too, which was kind of fun. And like we're tag teaming this track, right? Somebody's holding a torch, two people on razor blades, one person's move. Like I got Sam in there, Andy, my dad, my brother, me, and we're all doing something like yep. heating blades. I mean, moving so, the jig. So to, to help describe this, so you know the the track comes whatever uh, three inch pit, your uh, three inch lug, th- three inch lug, and you have to cut the top off to give you some meat to put the screws in. Yeah, yeah. so we cut it down to two inches, and so we're just I mean cutting lugs in the trailer, cutting lugs, throw some screws in it, um, and we're like we got I got two impacts rolling where everybody's just ramming screws in, and so I get the track screwed, get the track in the sled. And um, I'm like, I'm gonna go run up the hill and test it. So I actually, and so this is thir- Thursday. And did you go park the trailer that morning? So you're at Jackson or no? Yes. Yeah, okay. we're in the pits. You're in the pits doing all this stuff. Yeah. You get your, your. So it's amateur day too. Yeah. So, but we didn't have to race, but we had to be there. Okay. 
So amateur day, we're in the pits, and then at like three o'clock, we were done with everything we needed to do, like sign in wise and all that stuff. Um, so Keith was like, Keith Keith was running up the hill over on no or something. It was Togan. the one way over. Yeah, not, yeah. Keith would like to know, let everyone know it's over on Togety or something. We'll cut that part out. Yeah. We anyway, we run up the pass to go test, and actually, there was a whole ton of people up 56 there. Fifty-six minutes. Okay. There was a whole bunch of people up on the pass. Like there was everybody was up there just making laps, kind of on the trail, making sure their stuff's all good before the race. And um, we actually built another course, and like that track, I felt I really liked that track the first track, your track mm-hmm. that I had. And I felt like that track was different. Um, that track was a little bit different. So just getting used to the new track, rode quite a bit that day, felt good. How are we doing on brake pads and rotors? Oh, we're deep. I'm, I'm, that's another favor I'm asking. I'm like, Darren, you got any more brake pads? Darren, you got any more brake rotors? Because <laughs> they were, they were um, what do you call it? You couldn't buy them. Yeah, I know. Because otherwise I would have. I tried. After Jackson, they yeah. were all on back order. They were all on <laughs> Couldn't find any. But luckily, they had some stashed away. So now it's the next Okay, so, so when you went up, you felt good with your sled? No drama there? Nothing happened? Yeah, everything worked good. Okay. So here's here's what I want to do. We're an hour in. We're going to do a... a the, we this is even, just the this is the road to Jackson. I know. We're going to we're going to end the podcast here and we're going to do a part 2. We're going to talk about that. Well, maybe maybe we'll do one tonight or maybe let's do one tomorrow morning or something. But where I want to start tomorrow was you kind of fast forward through a part that I actually think is really cool and I think our listeners would think is really cool and that is here you are on Wednesday. You got all the big guns. You got Keith Curtis with his five sleds, Luke Rainey with all his sleds, the Thomas boys, all this. And you've got Polaris Factory. You got the factory here. This is how serious they take this, right? Mm -hmm. We're sending the big rig. We're sending all of our top guys. Top guys. And we're going to ensure that we do what we always do, and that's kick everybody's ass at Jackson. That's the one and only goal, and... Yeah, they and so no we kind of we kind of fast forward through that part. So yeah. that we're gonna start with that um, in part two of Kyle Pulsifer's extremely awesome keep, this adventure. Still, I mean, this was four days. Uh, well, we haven't even <laughs> raced Jackson yet. Yeah. So um, I, you know, we were talking this morning. Kyle was a little grumpy that I uh, that I took him off shop duty to come <laughs> in here, and I I had an idea. I'm like. What do you think we talk about Jackson? Because I'm feeling pretty pumped up right now. Yeah. I mean, that was probably, I mean, it was probably one of the funnest parts of the year last, just that whole week. It was just, just so like, I mean, last minute and like not knowing what to do, like going to this writer's meeting and the sign up. And I'm just I'm like, it's not like filling out these sponsor sheets and stuff for the announcer. And like, they're like, show your racing achievements. And I'm like, first race, first race. I don't know. I've never raced before. Luckily, I guess that's another thing too. I got, you got really lucky, got there. really lucky yeah. and had the right friends and, and got lucky enough to get an invite actually. And we're going to talk about that too, because I, I did, I did the same. I had never done a hill climb and there's a lot of pressure on you for that. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, well, like I get to come and it's, it's tough, right? You're riding that. So like, these guys have to, go to, to Jackson, qualify. Yeah, yeah, in order to go to Jackson, you have to be. I mean, I don't. You have to be. A, they have to win. There's one race you can win that gets you an 
entry, or you have to have a certain amount of rim shot points. So all these guys that are there deserve to be there, 100%. have work to be there, have tons into sleds, trucks, trailers, the time into racing. I mean, just they're there. They, this is what they do. Like they spend a ton of time and money doing this. And I feel guilt. Like I get this invite from players. It's literally like, I mean, it's just a free, a freebie to go to Jackson and yep. race in pro classes. Like, Normally, you have to come through the amateur ranks, mm-hmm. come through semi-pro to get to a pro class, and you have to get these points to qualify. And I get lucky enough to get an invite. And, like, I'm sitting in this the factory players trailer with all these factory players, riders, and, like, I'm sitting in there getting the same help, getting the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, and way like I'm way more high maintenance than them. I'm not just like I'm just like what do I do now? Where do I go? Like, <laughs> what do I need to sign? Who do I need to go pay? Where do I get my number? Like, what sheets do I need to fill out? Like, and I'm just I don't like feeling like that. Yeah. I don't like feeling. And luckily, like, like I'd be as a rider, like I could see where some of those other guys like would kind of like it would be kind of frustrating to them. Hundred percent. Right? Like they've worked so hard for yeah, this. And they I'm only just, get like, one. They, just, they only some, qualified for one class or two classes, yeah, right? And I'm some kid that's just like watched this stuff on youtube since i was three years old and always wanted to do it and somehow like i told the right guy that hey i'd, I'd like to race jackson he's like okay and then my phone rings from the race director at polaris and they're like hey you heard you want to race jackson what classes do you want to race and darren's like he's racing open mod <laughs> and 900 mod and it's just like and, and he's like if you're going to jackson you're racing pro you're racing open mod and you're racing nine mod and I'm, that was when i like originally had just planned on building a skid and racing a stock sled yeah and now that was when darren was like nope if you're going you're you're racing the top classes and i'm just like then i'm like that's when i like the internet's going crazy and i'm ordering yeah par- i got to get all these other parts and i'm like putting this mod sled together now versus a stock sled still last minute but now i got to build a mod mm-hmm. sled so anyway i'm sitting there and it's just like for me i just that bugs me to feel like I was there, like, just, I don't like the free ride. Like, yeah. I don't want to feel like that. But, like, those guys were so nice. And, like, I just, I, I mean, I didn't want to, like, overstate my welcome or do anything like that. So I was just, like, and asked, like, they were coming to me and helping me. And I just was, like, really humbled by that, by, like, how nice all them guys were. Like, I mean, everyone, like, Luke, Luke Rainey, like, Keith, Andy, Justin, all the guys at Polaris, Brandon Tittenser, like mm-hmm. all of those guys were like just th- helping me with, with everything. Like, yeah. and then they were like giving me advice and like Dan's giving me advice and texting me and like everybody, like the Instagram messages and like all of these guys that were just like giving me all this, as much advice as they could. And it was really cool. Like, like just to have that too. Yeah. It's, it's literally verbatim of what my experience was um and you feel so you're you're kind of walking yeah you're walking in like kind of i feel a little uncomfortable here Mm -hmm. and they just open with open arms say welcome let's get you let's get you up Mm -hmm. to speed and good luck yeah you know so so they're like yeah i mean it was the same all the way to race day like pulling sleds into the pits like i didn't know you know what i did i just about got dq'd for it Started your sled with with a helmet. helmet on. Yeah, started my sled without a no, helmet. No, I never on. know. I didn't do that. <laughs> and I got my butt chewed. Yeah, in the pit. It was in the pits too. Mm-hmm. It was in the pits, and I started my sled without my helmet on, and the tether has to be hooked up. Yep. Luckily, I had the tether hooked up because I remembered that. But I literally started the sled after I after the track change. I just started mm-hmm. it and I shut it. I made sure my kill switch worked because I had all that apart too, and I made sure my kill switch and my tether and everything worked. So like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just like. 
there there's a million parts to it mm-hmm. and just learning as i went but yeah well awesome so we're gonna we're gonna clip this one and we're gonna go round two either i know you're gonna be working late tonight but <laughs> we'll uh we'll maybe do another one tomorrow morning because this was a lot of fun and we'll start with um players and then we're going racing yep cool that was a good one <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Thanks. Tune back in for uh, part two of Kyle's rodeo ride to Jackson. (laughs) Thanks. And up Jackson. (laughs) And up Jackson. Yeah, just wait. It gets better.